Happy Friday. You made it. It's the end of the week. Two days before Super Bowl 57. It is a good day. Appreciate you for listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4. ESPNTucson.com, the ESPN Tucson mobile app. And on your Alexa devices, all you got to do is download that ESPN Tucson skill, and you can listen to us at home, in your garage, or wherever. And then, as always, make sure you subscribe, rate, and comment the Spears and Ali podcast today. We're on Apple, Spotify, and if you're on uh, Amazon, we're also on Audible as well. So we're everywhere, and wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to Spears and Ali today. Got a short show once again, Phoenix Suns. Got a game tonight, so you can listen to it right here on ESPN Tucson starting at 5 o'clock. Uh, we'll discuss uh, what's going on in the world of the Phoenix Suns. Not really much. You know, just a casual blockbuster trade getting Kevin Durant into the Valley of the Sun. Uh, KD, he's going to wear number 35 for the Phoenix Suns. And, man, I still can't believe Kevin Durant is a Sun now. Uh, it's It will go down as one of the biggest trades in Arizona sports history. I actually want to give a big shout-out real quick before we get started to uh, Craig Morgan. Uh, he is a writer from PHNX. Uh, and, you know, he's an Arizona Coyotes insider, does a great job covering them. But uh, he went through a whole rundown of notable trades in Arizona sports history, and I thought he did a great job on it. Uh, went through the, the men's sports teams. So he went through the Coyotes, the D-backs, the Phoenix Suns, and the Arizona Cardinals. And, man, you go through the list of trades. I mean, with the D-backs, we're talking about Luis Gonzalez, Kurt Schilling, Cardinals. You got guys like Carson Palmer and DeAndre Hopkins and others. And, of course, the Phoenix Suns uh, making that trade for Sir Charles Barkley and now Kevin Durant, among others. So there have been a lot of notable trades in Arizona sports history. But th this Kevin Durant one, man, it will definitely uh, go near the top, especially – if the Phoenix Suns can find a way to win a championship, whether it's this season or next. But, hey, Phoenix is popping right now. Not only do you got KD getting traded to the Phoenix Suns, but you got Super Bowl 57, plus you have Waste Management Phoenix Open right now, and uh, my radio cohort, Ollie Farhang, is currently at Waste Management Phoenix Open, having the absolute time of his life. And it's the biggest party in golf. Not just hole 16, everywhere – at the Waste Management Phoenix Open is popping right now. So uh, if you're going up there this weekend, please be safe. I heard a, an additional 1 million people are in the Phoenix area this weekend for all the festivities that's going around because you got concerts, you got a great golf tournament, plus you have Super Bowl 57. Like The who's who of the world all seem to be in the Valley right now. And if you were to ask me, I like to consider myself like a popular introvert. Like, I know a lot of people. I I'm, I have a wide network of friends and colleagues and stuff like that. But if you were to ask me, like, what do you want to do? I just want to kick it at home and watch the Super Bowl. I don't want to go. I don't want to be in Phoenix. I don't, really, I don't want to be anywhere near all of that chaos. Now, I think it's, it's great that a lot of money and attention right now is in the Valley. But I got 10 toes down in Tucson. And that's how it's going to be all weekend long. But, hey, if you're going up there to Phoenix this weekend, please be safe. And please have a good time. Because it's going to be lit. And it's going to be a great. It's going to be awesome, man. So uh, we'll get into all the festivities that's going on in Phoenix all throughout the show. Got a great guest lineup for today at 3:25. Jordan Ham from Sports 360 AZ will call in to talk about Super Bowl 57. Also, maybe get into notable Arizona storylines uh, surrounding Super Bowl 57. 
and then we'll also uh, talk to him about other things going on in the Valley. And then for all of you sports gambling fanatics, I'm not going to go as far as call you a degenerate because I'm a sports gambling fanatic and I'm not a degenerate. But I do like to get down on Caesar Sportsbook, and you best believe that Caesar Sportsbook app is uh, going to be very active this weekend, along with all the other sports books. But Max Meyer from Caesars.com, he's going to be calling in to tell us all about Super Bowl 57 and all the great prop bets that's going on there. And he'll also be providing his expertise. So I, anytime I need a, a gambling expert, of course, I mean, we had Brandon Lang on earlier this week, the guy, I mean, whose, whose life is pretty much the story of Two for the Money starring Matthew McConaughey. But Max Meyer does a great job covering sports gambling. And if you need a little bit of insight, then we got you covered right around 340. So make sure you tune in if you want some Super Bowl gambling expertise. And then uh, at in the 4 o'clock hour, John Wilner from the Pac-12 hotline is going to call in to talk about George Klyavkov and his latest adventures, traveling all across the West Coast. Late, most recently, he was in Dallas visiting SMU, and he tried to do a good job of keeping things undercover. He was wearing a hat, and he was like trying to like, cover his face and not be seen at an SMU basketball game, but he was sitting right next to their athletic director during the game, which has a lot of people speculating and assuming the Pac-12 is very serious about SMU. They're very serious about getting into the Dallas market. I'm not a too big of a fan of it. When you think about San Diego State and SMU, is that are those really good replacements for USC and UCLA? Yeah, you keep your Southern California market. And yeah, you get into Dallas, and there are a lot of direct flights to Dallas, and Dallas is one of the biggest cities in the country. But to me, SMU, their fan base, their culture, their sports – Everything around it. I know they once had a great football tradition with Eric Dickerson, and then they got the death penalty, and SMU really hasn't been the same since then. But does that scream Pac-12 culture to you? It certainly doesn't to me. And I don't think that their sports really fits in with the Pac-12 to me, but, hey, if this if he has a, a better plan, if he's got a long-term plan and SMU is it, then maybe we can trust George Klyavkov, but I'm – I'm a little skeptical right now. Considering how the last commissioner handled things, I know that George Klyavkov is a good dude, very nice guy, put into a very tough situation with the Pac-12 media rights deal coming up, and they're trying to find you know, some new deals. Also with the, the mess that Larry Scott left behind, I understand that George Klyavkov has been put into a very tough situation. But I've had faith that maybe they get into the Vegas market that maybe they would add Gonzaga as a basketball-only conference member. Uh, maybe they would do some convincing and somehow keep UCLA. But to me, I like the addition of San Diego State. But SMU, to me, it doesn't move the needle. But I digress. We'll talk to John Wilner about that at 425. And then uh, we'll get into more Super Bowl 57 predictions and a breakdown. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame class was announced yesterday. We'll get into all of those guys. A lot of defensive players in this year's Hall of Fame class. All right, Spears and Ali presented by Casino Del Sol, the soul of Tucson, Tucson Federal Credit Union, and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. All right, let's get to it. Top three headlines heading into today. One. One. 
Arizona basketball absolutely smacking cow, as expected. The Golden Bears going into last night's game, they were 3-20. Arizona's 21-3. Their their records essentially flip-flopped, and Cal is just playing. One, they're they're just a bad team. And two, all their star players are really hurt, and it felt like all the other guys that they had playing out there all got hurt in like one minute in the second half. It was like four guys all of a sudden come up hobbled and are limping off the court. But Cal is a bad team. Arizona rolling right now. Azuz Tubelis is the clear-cut Pac-12 player of the year favorite. And then you got Pella Larson playing very well off the bench. Cedric Henderson really settling in as a starter. Courtney Ramey, Kirk Risa, you know, playing better ever since Arizona last played him in December. But I got to say, I was a little disappointed in how Arizona just kind of fell asleep in that game last night. It seemed like Cal was doing a pretty good job of keeping it at right around 11 to 13 points. I felt like Arizona probably should have won that game by at least 30 because Cal is just that bad, and, of course, they were dealing with the injuries. But Kirk Creasa was dealing with an illness. Uh, he actually was scoreless, went 0 for 7 from the field, but managed to put up eight assists, two rebounds, and just one turnover. So he was the ultimate point guard, really dishing it for the other guys last night. And Azuz Tubelis had 23 points and 14 rebounds, the quietest 23-point, 14-rebound performance I've ever seen. Just like his 19-8 and game against Oregon State, Azuz Tubelis now is at the point where these kind of performances are a little bit expected, and he just does what he needs to do. And all of a sudden, you look at the box score, and you're like, whoa, Look, look what Azulis Tubelis did today. He kind of had a game like that. Um, and I, I think the, the the big thing about Arizona, going back to what I was talking about in regards to how I was disappointed, was they it seemed like they fell asleep at a lot of points during that game. And like I said, Cal was doing whatever they could to to stay within, not within striking distance, but just to, just to keep it a game. I thought that this was going to be a game similarly to the Oregon State matchup, where Arizona was going to go up by damn near 30, close to halftime, and then they were going to clear the bench. And Azulus Tubelis and Kerr Creasa and all the other important, you know, the starters, not play in the second half. And you let Philip Borovichin in, Kylan Boswell, Henry Vesar. You let all the young guys really get some run. Dylan Anderson, another guy who's been playing over the last couple of games. But that wasn't the case. Uh, Dylan Anderson didn't get in until the last few minutes of the game. Same with Henry Vesar. Um, and then uh, you had uh, Adama Ball playing six minutes and Philip Borovichin in also with three minutes. So the young guys didn't get the run that I thought that they would get. But still, even though Arizona played sloppy for you know a good chunk of that game, they still came down and took care of business against the Cal Bears. Um, free throw shooting was a big concern for me as well. Uh, you can't shoot six for 17 in a game and expect to win unless you're playing against the Cal Golden Bears. So that's not going to get it done in the NCAA tournament. So very bad free throw shooting, uh, by the Arizona Wildcats, but you know what? It's Cal. This was a game that they were expected to win by at least 24, 25 points. And they were close to it. They they won by 23, but still I I would like to see Arizona, just absolutely obliterate a team like Cal. Again, they're 3-20. and 20. One of the worst teams in Division One college basketball. Arizona really just should have put it on them. And the score says they did, but for a good part of that game, it was like, okay, man, I'm trying to 
get my work done so I can go to bed. I saw a lot of Arizona basketball fans who stayed up late. And when Arizona was up by like 13 at the first media timeout, a lot of Arizona fans were tweeting, all right, looks like I'm going to bed on time. It's uh, 9.20 p.m. Arizona's up by a good chunk, and I'm going to go turn around and go to bed. And then Cal, like I said, man, they did whatever they could to uh, to make it somewhat of a game. But, again, Arizona was simply too much. So Arizona, they now won seven in a row. Um, they are still just a little bit behind UCLA in the Pac-12 standings. Uh, but Arizona playing some good basketball right now. Pella Larson, he had a great game last night. Uh, scoring 16 points on six for seven shooting off the bench, and he's a he's playing some good ball lately, and maybe that was always the answer. Just having him come off the bench and be the sixth man, that's the answer. Now, unfortunately, even though he's playing well coming off the bench, he doesn't qualify for Pac-12 sixth man of the year. So even with a decent stretch lately, Pella Larson won't be able to earn that accolade. But I don't think Tommy Lloyd's complaining. Arizona's ranked number four in the country. Pella Larson's playing some good basketball. Azulus Tubelis is one of the top players in the country. And, oh, by the way, ESPN, during halftime of a Big Ten game or a Big 12 game, forget what, what I'm talking about or what uh, what team was playing, but they were doing a whole feature on Azulus Tubelis. Finally, the man, the man is getting some love. The man is getting some love. All right, we'll talk more Arizona basketball coming up later on. Let's go to headline number two. 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 And just like that, Arizona women's basketball quickly humbled, losing to the Stanford Cardinal 84-60. to uh, First things first, Tucson, Arizona, McHale Center, job well done. Just under 10,000 fans showed up for that game. National TV, it was a red out. It was a sea of red, and it looked absolutely, it looked absolutely incredible. Um, I was impressed with the atmosphere. Unfortunately, they ran into a buzzsaw in Stanford. Uh, Arizona, they're a really good team. I mean, the performances they, they had against the L.A. schools were absolutely tremendous. Uh, but it took a combined three overtimes. It, it took uh, three overtimes combined for Arizona to beat USC and UCLA. And then kind of on a shortened week, they got to turn around and play Stanford, who's hungry to win after losing to Washington. And they came into McHale Center. And Cameron Brink at 18 points, 8 rebounds. She also had a couple of blocks, and she's now the Pac-12's all-time blocks leader. She was an absolute force in the middle. And Haley Jones uh, with nice little 18 points, 12 rebound, and 6 assist game. It, it was just absolute domination by the Stanford Cardinal. And you expect that from Tara Vanderveer and, Vanderveer and her team. Because Stanford, they have Lauren Betts. And Lauren Betts last year was the number one rated player in the country. She's coming off the bench for Stanford. That's how good they are. So Stanford's a really good team. But man, it was a great it was great to see a packed McHale Center. It was great to see Sam Thomas back, uh, the Phoenix Mercury wing, former Arizona Wildcat. She was sitting courtside. Ari McDonald was, of course, on Arizona's bench, and it was just a great atmosphere. Unfortunately, Arizona didn't get the win. But they turn around and they face Cal this weekend. All right, let's go to headline number three. 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 Uh, Phoenix Suns, for the first time in over 400 games, played without Mikael Bridges last night, losing to the Atlanta Hawks 116-107. to 107. Mikael Bridges was obviously a part of that Kevin Durant trade along with Cam Johnson and also Jay Crowder. 
Uh, Kevin Durant's on the way. Unfortunately, he couldn't play last night for the Hawks as the Hawks beat the Suns 116-107. Uh, to 107. Uh, Key stats from that game, uh, DeAndre Ayton, he had uh, 23 points and also two rebounds, and Chris Paul had 15 points and eight assists to go along with that. Uh, next for the Phoenix Suns, they continue their road swing. They take on the Indiana Pacers and Arizona Wildcat Benedict Matherin tonight. Coverage getting started at 5 p.m. here on ESPN Tucson. Uh, before we go to commercial break, let's go to the phone lines. 719-1490, our good friend Fat Mike is joining the show. And Fat Mike, let me just publicly announce, happy belated birthday, my friend. Oh, dude, thank you. That was very, very awesome of you, and thank you. I um, I wish you had that Mike Gundy um, cut for me. That would be awesome because I did turn 40, and I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. So, Speaking of which, congratulations. Is that legit? Were you on last night the most freaking, the most rated, uh, awarded sports show in television? Did did Charles Barkley see your tweet? Did they read your tweet last night? They did. They did. I don't know how they found it. I, I literally just tweeted that in the middle of the afternoon, and it was something along the lines of, I think, Kevin Durant because he has a little beef with Charles Barkley. And I'm like, KD just wants to go to the Suns so he can win a championship despite Charles Barkley because he couldn't do it. And I know that it's very petty, but I respect the move, honestly. It's pretty not petty, big dog. And on that note, guess what horse I'm on? I'm on a high horse, (laughs) boy. It was pure petty of Kevin Durant on LeBron. Everybody's holding hands and kumbayaing LeBron James, right? Yeah. Kumbaya, even you guys, which I called, but you had somebody else. But it was throw up in my mouth to hear even an argument of saying he is the GOAT. He's not in the GOAT conversation. and uh, But it was cool for Kevin Durant to say, hold my beer and take the, <laughs> the light and any recognition LeBron James got on passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and said, hold my beer. <laughs> and he took the – but you know what? In, in, in a way – it, 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 it like you know how they said the NFL is rigged. Hey, the, if the NBA is rigged and whoever's writing it, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Especially on Super Bowl week, they can't um, hit the juggernaut that is the NFL, but they can make some dings. Um, as far as LeBron James, yes, congratulations. Passing will is is cool. Or not will? Excuse me, Kareem Abdul Jabbar is cool. But we all know who the goat is. We all know who the GOAT is. And it's funny because it's Michael Jordan's birthday in a week or two, and I bet you ESPN is going to do that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. It's amazing. It's awesome to watch sports teams have a sports team that tries. And if they're trying like this, I'm all in. And excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) That might keep it FCC appropriate, brother. Oh, sorry, dude. You're good, man. Keep going. Keep going. And the pick. So I'm just elated as a Suns fan and as a, a team that's trying to freaking try to win, and that's awesome. So forgive me. I, I, I guess I got a little carried away and haven't been on. Thank you for the happy birthday. Congratulations for your tweet being on uh, on TNT, big dog. I appreciate Bear you, down. man. Yes, I Later. Appreciate oh, you, man, man Mike. <laughs> All you can do is laugh. All you can do is laugh, man. 
Uh, Fat Mike, you're <laughs> you're funny. All right, let's talk to Jordan Ham from Sports 360 AZ. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. As the kids say, it's lit. It is lit in Phoenix right now. I mean, shoot, I'm just scrolling on Twitter right now, and I already see that there is a streaker on the 16th hole at uh, at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, that is absolutely insane. Uh, six, 16th hole already have a streaker uh, to start off the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, apparently, the, some guy wearing a mullet, and I think he had 19th hole um, painted on his back. Not really sure uh, what what was going on there, but all right, we got a uh, Jordan Ham from Arizona Sports Three Sixty AZ uh, joining us here in just a minute. Um, looks, I don't know where my producer exactly went, and I have no exact control over the phones right now. Um, oh, there she is. All right, let's get let's get Jordan Ham from Sports Three Sixty AZ on the line here. Jordan, thank you for joining us. Man, so we were just talking about the streaker on the 16th hole at Waste Management Phoenix Open. We got Super Bowl 57. KD is traded to the Suns right now. You're at the center of it all. What are the vibes like in the Valley right now? Uh, the vibes are electric, and I'm really glad that the police still gave me my phone after I ran across the 16th hole to still do this interview. Like, I, I really appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, like, we knew this was going to be a crazy week. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, more than a couple of years ago now when the Super Bowl and the Waste Management Phoenix Open were uh, at the same time. And, you know, you just had Barrett Jackson a couple of weeks ago. So, like, there's always a lot going on. But then you throw in, uh, you know, Matt Ishbia getting introduced on Wednesday and then Kevin Durant coming to Phoenix. Like all eyes are on Arizona and Phoenix right now. And it's just wild. Like no matter kind of like where you turn your head, like there's something going on. And it's just uh, it's been a crazy, long, exhausting, but really fun week. So, Jordan, Super Bowl 57 is obviously the big one here. Uh, what do you what do you make of this matchup? What's the, what are uh, you know we talk about the vibes? What's going down over there in Glendale near State Farm Stadium? And uh, what can you tell us about maybe notable Arizona storylines surrounding the Super Bowl? Yeah, I you know it, I think that Arizona does such a good job hosting these big events, whether it's the Final Four, whether it's a college football playoff game, whether it's the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they, they have really figured out how to utilize, you know, kind of the entire, you know, Maricopa County area. Um, you know, so there's been a lot of really cool events in downtown Phoenix, um, you know, a lot of media availabilities and, and kind of things like that. Um, you know, the NFL Honors was last night. Um, and then, you know, you also have things going on uh, in Glendale. And obviously, as the weekend progresses, more and more things are going to shift over. Um, so, so yeah, it's been a really cool environment um, with the, uh, you know, the matchup and everything like that, like two best teams, right? Like, like the two, two one seeds, um, two great quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like both teams are kind of playing at their best and, you know, they, they have, you know, obviously the chiefs have a little bit more experience, um, but uh, it, I, I feel like this is going to be a really good matchup and kind of one at the start of the playoffs, people were circling kind of saying, you know what, that, that would be a really, really cool matchup. Um, so, and then in terms of like local storylines, like, I don't know how many people know this, like Andy Reed, if he didn't start his career, it was very, very early in his career. Like he was on the NAU coaching staff. 
Um, You know, so there's a a lot of, um, you know, cool little kind of nuggets like that. Obviously, you know, the Kelsey brothers going head to head is a really cool storyline. But, you know, and and then, you know, you just go through some of these other things and, you know, some of the broadcasters that have come back, you know, that are on the national stage that have spent time in the Phoenix area. uh, It's really cool. Like Mike Golick, I remember growing up, you know, going to church and the the Golick family was a couple rows ahead of us when he was a broadcaster here in Phoenix. So, um, you know, to see all of these people kind of come back and mix and match, you know, the Super Bowl and the the Phoenix Open, it's been really cool. That's really awesome. So if you had a... You know, so what's your schedule like? Because you're in the valley right now. So are you going to be doing waste management? Are you going to be at the Super Bowl? What's what's going on with you this weekend? Yeah, in terms of kind of coverage, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably be doing some waste management stuff on Saturday uh, tomorrow, um, and then uh, Sunday it's actually kind of like. Uh, you know, we, we have some other team members kind of shouldering the load on Sunday. Um, so I'm actually going to the Phoenix Open as a fan uh, in the morning, and then I'll be able to kind of take in um, the Super Bowl, uh, you know, from remote location, you know, probably still doing some work and, you know, things here and there, but not in terms of like events or anything. So it's kind of like, you know, a nice little finish line to kind of, you know, I feel like with these big events, so many of them are like, you, you run from event to event to event and, you know, you're trying to take it all in, but, you know, sometimes you don't really get that time to kind of step back and like take it all in as a, you know, just as a sports fan and everything like that. So looking forward to Sunday to kind of just take a, a very quick moment to, to go ahead and do that. Are you sure they're going to let you back in after what happened today? You, you know, I have many wigs. Okay. I have many disguises. <laughs> uh, I, I, this isn't my first rodeo in terms of going down there. My brother used to live right by there, so I think I, you know, know some holes in the security that I can uh, I can navigate around. Fun fact: Jordan Ham was actually the streaker in 2011 during the Arizona UCLA game, where he dressed up as a referee and took off his clothes and ran across the field. No, just kidding. Um, so Jordan, I, I like that these rumors are now just we. You know, one little joke, and we're we're just going to be rolling, and it's going to be every time there's a streak, I'm going to get tagged. And down. Uh, so, Jordan, other big news going on in the Valley. I mean, shoot, you got Super Bowl. You got Waste Management Phoenix Open. Not really sure what the hell the Arizona Cardinals are doing with their head coaching search. But the big news that happened this past week in Phoenix is Kevin Durant getting traded to the Suns. This is a huge addition. I know that losing Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson, I mean, that's going to hurt the Suns, but – my goodness, you got Kevin freaking Durant on your team, and you didn't you didn't have to get rid of Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton. To me, that seems like a winning recipe, and you know, a, a window that seemed closed for the Phoenix Suns to win a championship now seems like it's open again. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I feel like the ceiling is now higher for this team. Um, like you said, like big, it, it's a big loss. Like they they did not. It's not like they just gave up a couple of, of expiring contracts and ho-hum. Like, these were two pretty key pieces that helped propel the Suns from, like, as they were rebuilding, you know, if you remember, the rebuild actually happened pretty quickly. Like, they were kind of in the in the gutter for quite a while, but then once the ramp-up happened, it happened really quickly. And I have a feeling that Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges and, you know, Jay Crowder as well, he hasn't been with the team this year, but, like, all three of those guys were a big part of it. Um, so it's not like it's like, oh, they just kind of threw some scraps over and, you know, some draft picks. So it is a big loss. I think it's – the depth is going to be, I think, the main key. But when you have a guy that wants to be in Phoenix like Kevin Durant, like you have to take advantage of that, and you have to go after that. Um, and 
you know, now it is, okay, what sort of buyouts are happening where you can help kind of fill this roster out a little bit more? Um, and, you know, frankly, like how, how often have we heard these rumors about, you know, top line free agents or players that are all of a sudden available, like don't really want to go to Phoenix because of how things were run under the previous regime and things like that. Now that they have a new owner, that might have cleared that up a little bit. And, you know, you, you look at the stamp of approval from Kevin Durant, like that, that can really change some things. So this year is going to be very interesting how they navigate the depth and how they, you know, come together really what there's only like 20 more games in the regular season. So they have to kind of figure this out pretty quickly, but then these following years of what that looks like, who, you know, you you think back to the Miami heat with LeBron, how many big time players took like vet minimums just to make it work. Um, Like, is that now the case for, uh, for Phoenix? Like, and that's, that's a pretty cool fit. Like when was the last time that happened in any Arizona sport? Um, so a, a lot to certainly sift through, um, but when you have a, a player of that caliber, um, really like if Chris Ball, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant can stay healthy, like I feel like that's their biggest challenge right now. Their biggest opponent is the health bug and making sure everybody's right at the right time. Like then you you go toe to toe with anybody, like you have mm-hmm. to feel pretty good about it. Absolutely, availability is the best ability, my friend. Absolutely. Jordan Ham from Sports 360 AZ joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Check out his content on sports360az.com. Has an amazing T-Sizzle documentary. And, uh, Jordan, have fun at the Phoenix Open. It's going to be pretty lit on Sunday. Thanks, man. I'm stretching out right now for round two. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. <laughs> Appreciate you, too. <laughs> ESPN Tucson is giving you half-price Friday deals. Go to ESPNTucson.com and click the half-price Friday deals link to purchase $100 in Bookstore Southwest Adult Shop gift certificates for just 50 bucks. Get all the deets at ESPNTucson.com. All right, if you are interested in gambling on the Super Bowl, of course you are, you need some advice. We got an expert, Max Meyer, calling in to give you some tips on how you can win big this Super Bowl Sunday. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears and Ali here on ESPN Tucson. Let's get you some money this weekend. Uh, Super Bowl 57, man. Lots of lots of things to bet on. Lots of prop bets. Of course, you got point spread, money line, all of that. And uh, let's talk about Super Bowl betting with Max Meyer from Caesar Sports, who joins us here on ESPN Radio. Max, great to hear from you. How's it going out there? No, it, it's great. I, I can't believe that, you know, Super Bowl is only two days away. And uh, in terms of single sporting events, this is by far uh, what we'll be writing the most business to uh, all, all, all year long at Caesar Sportsbook. So tell us uh, just an overall perspective from, from your end, because, you know, you've been doing this now for several years. You're very embedded in sports betting, sports gambling. So when you think about Super Bowl 57 in this matchup, I mean, these teams – are very identical when you think about it. I mean, they have are the number one seeds in both their divisions. They've scored the same amount of points. They have the same amount of all pros, and they also have a Kelsey brother on their team. So they're very parallel. But when you think about gambling, what stands out to you on this game? No, I think you hit it in that um, I, I think that these teams are very even. Um, and so Caesars, we opened this as a pick. 
So, and there's never been a, a Super Bowl that's ever closed as a pick 'em uh, consensus across the board. Uh, but we have got some immediate Eagles sharp action. It, it drove the line up to as high as minus two. Uh, it's crept uh, back down a little bit to Eagles minus one and a half. But you, you're right. I mean, th- these are two great teams. Um, and I, I think what stands out for me in, in terms of action is, is despite how tight the spread is, it's been pretty heavy Eagles action so far. Uh, on the spread, Eagles are getting 70% of the tickets, 73% of the money. Eagles also getting majority of the money uh, for money line. And whether it's, you know, whether it's uh, betters who are impressed with how the Eagles have performed this postseason or maybe drawing parallels to that Chiefs-Buccaneers Super Bowl a few years ago where Patrick Mahomes was the best player, but the Buccaneers had the better roster. But it's, it's definitely interesting to me to see it this lopsided, especially just a couple of days out from the game. And in terms of prop bets, um, I saw that you posted on Twitter uh, yesterday that a lot of popular bets, you have a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, Travis Kelsey scoring the first touchdown of the game, Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown, the coin flip being tails, and then uh, Travis Kelsey to score two or more touchdowns. What do you notice about just those popular bets? So typically, um, and this this was really interesting to me, typically quarterbacks um, are the ones who, who generate the most prop action, but this year that's actually not the case. Uh, if you look at all the prop player prop bets, it's actually Kelsey uh, who's gotten the most tickets of anyone. And it, it just goes to show, uh, one, like, you know, how big of a name he is, but also just how consistent of a performer he is on the big stage. Uh, historically, he, he's been one of the best, not just tight ends, but pass catchers overall in playoff history in terms of production. And better see that. And they have been not afraid to lay Kelsey, uh, whether it's to score uh, the over on his receptions or receiving props. And he's actually, since um, we, fir- we put back up Super Bowl MVP market uh, the Sunday uh, after the conference championship games, uh, he's gotten the most tickets to win Super Bowl MVP at 10 to 1. So betters are, are all over the Chiefs tight end. And, of course, uh, Gatorade color is always an interesting one that people bet on. Um, I we we spoke with uh, Brandon Lang, the you know the the movie uh, Two for the Money with Matthew McConaughey. It's based on his life. We had him on the show earlier this week, and he was he was hammering the Gatorade is going to be yellow. It's going to be yellow. Do you have any sort of perspective on the color of the Gatorade, Max? <laughs> Admittedly, with, with those more uh, I guess novelty props, uh, Caesars we only we only offer Gatorade color in, in a couple states. Uh, I, I am really not looking at them uh, that much. Um, I, I don't really have an opinion on Gatorade color, but what's interesting to me, like kind of along the same vein, coin toss, uh, pretty much every year, um, you know, going back, it, the coin toss has always been the prop that's generated the most action. That's not the case this year. Um, we op- are we uh, first put up Super Bowl squares a year ago, and, and squares has overtaken uh, coin toss. But people, you know, with the Super Bowl, what makes it so unique is that people love betting not just on the game itself, but on, you know, events like Gatorade or um, National Anthem Length or Halftime Show or Coin Toss. And that's what makes the game just so fun. There's something for everyone. And especially it makes it a little more exciting when you have something on the line. I'm really concerned with Patrick Mahomes' ankle. I think he's going to be just fine in this game. I don't think it's going to be, you know, bothering him too much. But I think about the Philadelphia Eagles pass rush and the historic numbers that they've put up, not just this postseason, but this entire season. When you add that pass rush 
with Patrick Mahomes being a little bit hobbled, don't you feel like, man, if there's a prop bet for sacks on Patrick Mahomes, you, you got to take the over. I, I, I mean, I think one of the advantages that the Eagles have in this game is, uh, you know, their, their pass rush against um, uh, at least some guys on the Chiefs, Chiefs offensive line. Uh, Hassan Reddick uh, got some uh, a Super Bowl MVP love, and, and he's been great this postseason. I also think that Josh Sweat is, is another guy who can, who can kind of take advantage. Uh, just like you were saying with, with Mahomes and the ankle, um, he, he did look very good, honestly. Like, it was kind of miraculous, his performance against the Bengals. But I just think him, you know, maybe probably not at 100%. He's, he's probably a little easier to take down. So there are definitely some uh, individual player uh, props on the defensive side for the Eagles, where if you're looking at over half a sack or over uh, 0.75 sacks, just so that way you have to cash by getting a full sack, um, Reddick or, or Sweat would be two guys that I would be looking at. So you've been monitoring Caesar's Sportsbook. What are some of the biggest bets that have been made on Super Bowl 57 this week? Yeah, so the biggest one, uh, we took a – it was a $314,000 bet on Chiefs plus 3.5, but the juice was uh, minus 157. So it was 314 uh, to win 200000 uh, and, and this line, you know, even, even with it getting to Eagles one and a half, this line isn't touching three, let alone crossing three. So this better just felt very comfortable uh, getting over a field goal despite having to, to lay more money. Um, and then in terms of the biggest bet in, for props, uh, we had someone lay 35000 on there not to be a kickoff or punt return touchdown uh, in this game to win uh, 2500 and again, this is another one where, well, definitely more so than than the, than the um, alternate spread bet. But someone who, you know, not afraid to lay the heavy juice. And, and with Super Bowl, uh, with a lot of these yes/no props, with these long shots, um, something like that, uh, they're sharp betters who are not afraid to lay the heavy juice versus more casual and public betters see the long shot odds for for the event to happen, and and they're not afraid to bet that either. Um, and then in terms of kickoff and punt return, uh, there's been 10 kickoff returns for touchdowns. Uh, there hasn't been one, though, since 2014 by Percy Harvin, and there's never been a punt return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And the Eagles uh, or the Chiefs, neither of them have had a, a kickoff or punt return for a touchdown this season. So I'm sure that's what the better saw, and that's why he was comfortable laying 35000 All right, we got about 30 seconds left here, Max. Give us a prediction. Who do you got, Eagles or the Chiefs? Uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. And instead, though, instead of taking, you know, Chiefs spread or Chiefs money line, I would just go with Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP at plus 130. You're getting a better price versus Chiefs money line is plus 105. And I think if the Chiefs win, um, I, I, I just think that Mahomes is, is, is the clear reason why. And he also has the narrative coming back from injury versus if the Eagles win, uh, even though Jalen Hurts has slightly lower MVP odds than Mahomes, just because the Eagles are favored. Uh, I just think that the Eagles have more uh, contributors and, and there's more of a, a range of outcomes for Eagles Super Bowl MVP. So I'm going with Chiefs and I would take Mahomes uh, Super Bowl MVP if I had to, if you if you were to bet it. Max Meyer, editorial content writer at Caesar Sports. Find his work at Caesars.com, and also be sure to follow him on Twitter today. Max, always appreciate your expertise. Thank you once again, my friend. All right, have a good one. You too, Max. Have a good weekend. All right, you heard it. Gambling experts breaking down all the advice you need to know for Super Bowl 57. 
Um, and in case you want to run it back, like you're like, oh, man, I missed all that. I didn't take down notes. Don't worry. Spears and Ali podcast will be posted right around 530 or 6 o'clock today. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap up our number one of Spears and Ali. If you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears and Ali here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Ah, I wouldn't say beautiful. A little too windy for my liking. But still, could be a whole lot worse. We could be stuck in snow. We could be dealing with all that. Instead, we got some sunshine. Unfortunately, we just got to deal with a little bit of wind. But still, great weather this time of year, and it's perfect to go see MLS soccer here in town. If you want to go see FC Tucson presents the 13th annual Desert Showcase preseason MLS here in town, all you got to do is call in at 719-1490, 719-1490. Caller number one will get some tickets to go see MLS soccer, whether it's this Saturday, there's a doubleheader tomorrow between Chicago Fire FC and the Colorado Switchbacks at 3 p.m. And then Real Salt Lake, they're taking on Sacramento FC, also at Keno North Stadium. That game is set for 6 p.m. So doubleheader of soccer, MLS here in town. And if you want those tickets, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. Caller number one will get them. And in case you missed your opportunity to win some tickets, uh, we'll, be, we'll be given actually another pair out at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. So call in right now, 719-1490. Caller number one, getting a pair of MLS tickets right here in town. And not just games tomorrow. Uh, there's also a big-time match between Chicago and Real Salt Lake next Saturday as well at Keno North Stadium. So call in, 719-1490, get those tickets today. All right, so before we go to... Hour number two and talk the Super Bowl 57 and how the Philadelphia Eagles got to this point. I mean, yes, they won the Super Bowl five years ago, but they had to go through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations to to get back to this point. So the Eagles were four and eleven in one just two years ago, but now they find themselves in the Super Bowl. How did they get back here? We'll break it all down at the top of the four o'clock hour, but uh. The Pro Football Hall of Fame class was actually announced yesterday, and the 2023 class is loaded with defensive players. Here is the list of guys who made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Rondé Barber, cornerback from uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, played from 1997 to 2012. Uh, head coach Don Coriel, who was the leader of the Cardinals and the Chargers in the 70s and the 80s. Linebacker Chuck Howley from the Bears and the Cowboys. Uh, defensive tackle Joe Klecko, who played for the Jets and the Colts. Cornerback Darrell Revis, the guy who coined the term Revis Island by defending the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, he played for the Jets, Buccaneers, Patriots, and Chiefs. He's being inducted. Uh, cornerback Ken Riley from the Bengals inducted. Joe Thomas, left tackle, played a long time for the Cleveland Browns. Zach Thomas, linebacker for the Dolphins and the Cowboys. And Cowboys and Broncos standout linebacker DeMarcus Ware. So, if you notice, a lot of defensive players in this class. And for uh, next season's class, the 2024 class, uh, first ballots include Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers. So, I expect those guys to make it. But uh, first ballot guys this season, Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis. I mean, Darrell Revis at one point was in the conversation as arguably the best 
cornerback of all time. Just though, I mean, those few years that he had with the New York Jets, that dude was so locked down. And Revis Island was, in fact, a real thing. Uh, so it's no surprise to me that Darrell Revis is a first battle Hall of Famer. And Joe Thomas, you got to put that guy in the Hall of Fame because what that man had to deal with as a left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, it was absolutely insane. That man had 18 different quarterbacks, or like 20 different quarterbacks during his time with the Cleveland Browns. Just a carousel of quarterbacks, just a carousel of incompetence. But Joe Thomas was always that anchor right there at left tackle. So all the crap that he had to deal with as an all-pro left tackle, yeah, tip my cap to that guy. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. All right, hour number two coming up next. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking Brett Favre, and we're talking Pac-12 right here on ESPN Tucson.